I'll tell you why yes. I live where I live. Helen and Jeff say, Macca, this morning you read out a letter about lying in bed on Sunday morning listening to your program, and we had to laugh because that's what we do. We're a few years away from retirement, and a couple of years ago we decided that to travel this great country of ours was what we wanted to do in retirement, so to be able to realise our dream we decided to give up the smokes and bank the money instead. And now we're only a year or two away from being able to buy our caravan, and by the time we retire we'll also have enough to change over the towing vehicle. Thanks to all the callers on your program as they just keep our dream alive of all the different places we'd like to see, to visit and explore. Not wishing our life away, but we are really looking forward to when we are retired and able to travel around Australia, the next phase of our life. Thanks for a great program. Keep it the good work of promoting uh, Australia all over, says Helen and Jeff. There you go, giving up the smokes. How good. And you seen the, see, have you seen the price of smokes? Boy, every time I go to the supermarket and someone in front of me waiting in the queue, I can't believe it. I cannot, be- I cannot believe it. Anyway, we were just in Molong, and I always enjoy talking to people about why they're in, in a little town like Molong and where they come from. They come from all over. Come and meet some of them. I'm talking to Adam Ross in Molong. Adam, tell me your story. You live here? Or- yeah, I live here at, uh, well, close by at Orange, a little town called Forest Reefs, actually. Been back here for almost three years now. Um, up until then, I was teaching at Wewalk. Uh, taught there for five years. So you're teaching at Millthorpe? That's right, teach at Millthorpe. Got almost 300 kids in the school. Lovely little school. More blokes teaching primary school now than there used to be? There are more more blokes getting into it. We've actually got quite a few male teachers at our school. It's quite rare. We've almost 50-50. For the first five years of my career, I was the only male teacher in my school. So it's um, been nice to go back to a a school that's got a a nice mix. Yeah, it's good for the kids as well. Often we teach children that don't have uh, strong male role models. So it is nice for them too. So do you live on a farm? No, I just live on a a little house actually near the Forest Reefs Tavern. It's it's pretty much uh, myself, a couple of neighbours and the the tavern out there. It's a nice place to live. Well, Adam, great to talk to you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you. Thank you. Your name is? Morris Blackhall. You live here? I live here now. I come from the coast. I've been uh, over there for nearly 20 years, but um, I'm a country boy at heart, born in Wellington, but this is my permanent home now. Why was that? I just wanted to come back to the bush. And it's like when you come back to Bathurst, you can smell the gum trees and you say, I'm home. And then you come back past the jail in Wellington that way, same thing again, you say, I'm home. Not (laughs) not because of the jail, but it's just the smell of the the country and and the friendliness of the people, I think. I was an apprentice builder and I joined, joined... In the Air Force and spent a number of years there and had two or three businesses and been a building inspector with the Commonwealth Bank for many, many years. And no, But I've been on the coast for nearly 20 years, but you virtually didn't know your neighbour, you know, because everybody got up at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, drove to Sydney for two hours and they didn't get home till 8 o'clock at night. You just didn't see anybody. But I just wanted to come home and, and I feel so comfortable coming back to this little place and I've got a really owns the cafe across the road and that was another one of the reasons I come here. So, no, no I'm loving it. It's really nice. Your name again? Morris Blackhall. <laughs> we were just in Blackhall, Morris. Yeah, I, I heard your program and I loved it. <laughs> Thanks, Morris. Nice to meet you. Yeah, thank you, mate. That was terrific. Good on you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Bushy. Bushy. How are you, Bushy? Good, thanks. You're a local? I'm a local. I've been here for 67 years. A wonderful place to live here. Gets a bit cold down on the creek where I come from. That keeps us clean, I suppose. Farming all my life and proud of it. You still got a farm? Or? I do. My son looks after it. I had an accident about 15 years ago and broke my back, but uh, I couldn't leave the farm, but I'm still here, aren't I? <laughs> a very lucky man to be going. 
And you can go out and visit whenever you want, I suppose. Bushy, nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mac, and thanks for coming to uh, Molong. Catherine, your last name? Uh, is Fru, F-R-E-W. We decided to look for a property out here in country Victor- or New South Wales and ended up buying the post office in the main street. So we didn't end up with our acreage we wanted, but a beautiful little property. Where are you from? My husband and I are from Richmond in New South Wales. We left there to come here, and previous to that, I'm Victorian girl, high country Victoria, Omeo. Been very cold. I've forgotten how cold it actually gets in the country, but yeah, it's just beautiful. So you're running the post office as well? No, we've um, rented that out. We just live at the back. And why did you do that, do you think? Needed to get away from the city. It was getting too busy in the city, so we've moved out to the country. I've always wanted to go back to the country, so we chose here. I'm working in Orange, and my husband has just recently retired. So he's doing all my housework for me now, which I think is great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, no, it's great. So your next step will be what, to buy a property or something, will it, to uh, go no. farming? or No, no, uh, not now, not now. We'll stay where we are. Yeah. yeah, it's just lovely. Everything's convenient here. There's the hospital, there's the doctors, there's chemists, there's everything. Don't need to go anywhere else. Don't really need a car. And that's why you live where you live. That's right, that's dead right. <laughs> Catherine, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Mac. I've listened to you for, for a long time. Good on you. Thanks. Thanks. And finally... Uh, This is from Michael. This is from one of our books a little while ago. Michael Brimmer says, Yasu from Zylo Castro, or is it Zillo Castro? A small town 30 k's west of Corinth in the Peloponnese, Greece. My wife Nikki, son Nicholas and I abandoned Sydney almost two years ago and have since lived in this beautiful little pocket of the Mediterranean on an extended working holiday. Just thought I'd drop you a line to give you some idea of what life is like here in Greece. In many ways our address is like a dream come true. Just off the front veranda is the deep blue Gulf of Corinth. Across this stretch of water sits Mount Panassos, one of Greece's highest mountains, in whose foothills rests ancient Delphi. The mountain is blanketed in snow at the moment and is a magnificent sight, literally rising up out of the water. Behind us, hills covered in citrus and olive groves lead into the rugged mountains of the Peloponnese. You can swim for about eight months of the year and in the cooler months, the hills provide wonderful opportunities for longer walks and even longer lunches in village taverners. Even though it gets very quiet here in winter, there's still plenty to do. We work in a local language school, teaching English to Greek school kids of various ages. Most English here is heard in American films, so Australian accents can really throw them. One of the nicer aspects of life here is the friendly, easy-going nature of the locals. You can't walk down the road without saying Yasu to an acquaintance or shopkeeper. On one occasion, a friend of mine was visiting and arrived in town clueless as to where our house was. He asked at a lo- local cafe, and it soon erupted into a conference. Where is the Australian's house? Adonyi, the owner, borrowed a couple of bikes from the patrons and led our friend on a town tour to locate our house. When Greeks discover that I come from Australia, they always respond warmly and may remark about a relative they have there or about Australian soldiers they had met during World War II here on the mainland or on Crete. For the most part, I can sense a feeling of admiration for Australians here and there is a bond between the two countries. Sometimes I get a little homesick. Little things about life in Australia are often missed. Lazy Sunday mornings, reading the papers and listening to your program, beaches with surf, family get-togethers, the banter with mates over a cold beer, Aussie hamburgers with the lot. Ironic, really, when you consider they are usually cooked by Greeks. Magpies cawing in the garden, the smell of a freshly mown lawn, swimming laps at the local pool. I could go on, but I'm sure listeners who have spent time away from home will know the feeling. I better stop now as it's time to go and teach the Gerens. Is it Gerens? 
and irregular verbs. You know what gerunds are? They're like verb nouns or noun verbs. <laughs> we didn't do grammar. We sort of did grammar, but I, we just didn't. We just didn't get right into it because grammar can be confusing. <laughs> Don't start me on apostrophes. That's from Michael Brimmer. That was a while ago. That would have been at least 15 years ago, I'd reckon. Probably 20 years ago that Michael wrote from Corinth. Wonder what he's doing now. That's why I live where I live for this week. G'day, this is Macca. Hi, g'day, Macca. It's uh, Colonel Scott Klingen here calling from uh, Passchendaele in Belgium. Oh, g'day, Colonel Scott. How are you? Tell me. Oh, I'm I'm uh, very good. Uh, thanks, Macca. Although it's close to midnight here, so I almost said good evening. <laughs> Uh, I was just calling into, and I, I heard a little of your last um, caller, which is sort of right in line of what I was calling to uh, give you an update and let uh, let your listeners know how the Australian Defence Force is supporting the uh, our, our latest national commemorative service here in Passchendaele, which will occur on Tuesday for the Battle of Polygon Wood. Uh huh. Yep. And uh, well, tell me, Scott, what what's uh, what's going to happen? Uh, well, on, on Tuesday there'll be a, uh, a dawn service, a special dawn service uh, conducted at, at Polygon Wood uh, in, uh, for the Third Battle of Eat and the Battle of um, Polygon Wood. It's um, to um, commemorate you know, the centenary of the Battle of Polygon Wood, but not only for the Australian uh, soldiers who uh, efforts and sacrifice there, but all across the Third Battle of Eat, um, you know, which is more commonly known as the Battle of Passchendaele, which occurred in 1917 here in Belgium. Yeah, and people are just starting. I think uh, we've always talked about Gallipoli, and, and we're not to not to um, minimise what happened in Gallipoli. But um, people are starting to come to terms with the the absolute carnage and the loss of life that happened in in Europe, and certainly in 1917, a hundred years ago, in in uh, Polygon Wood and Passchendaele and those sort of an heap. Just uh, a, a terrible time, really, not just for Australians, but uh, the carnage for French and British and German and was just, uh, they call it the killing fields, don't they? Yeah, exactly, Macca. You know, I think 13,000 Australians uh, lost, played the ultimate sacrifice here in, in Belgium around the Ypres area, Ypres Island area. 6,000 of those um, don't have a, a known grave. Um, and, and in a number of battles in, in a short eight-week over sort of basically a short eight week period, so um, I, I think people are, are realising. And again, not that everybody's sacrifice is important, no matter where they've served and what efforts uh, they've given their country around the world. Um, but you're right. I think the efforts on the Western Front, where uh, we had so many um, people uh, served, you know, nearly close to 300,000 Australians served in France and Belgium. Um, of those, 46,000 were killed, and nearly 134,000 were wounded. And in compared to Gallipoli, and I don't like to compare it to other places, but you know, it's for for, in, for uh, actually affecting Australian families, the sort of battles were five times five times as long. We served here with five times basically more the casualties as well. So I, I think a lot more Australians, families, and people back home were affected by their relatives' um, efforts here on 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 the Western Front. Yes, Scott. The other thing too is that you realise how different. Uh the world is, you know, you, you, I sometimes talk about going to different countries and how different they are, you know, say life in Japan and life in America and life in, you know, Australia, they're sort of, you know, the same but sort of different. And I, and I just think about, you know, 1917 and that early century time in the, you know, 20th century, how, how different it was and the mindset and 
that would never happen today. Um, people might drop bombs, but I can't understand. There's a, there's a line, I was just reading that poem too. There's another line in this poem. It's about Passchendaele, and, and it's this in the middle of the poem. It says, well, now we've really torn it. They're putting on a show, and it's an up there kabloody zaley, and it's over the top we go. I see the machine guns flicker, and from their muzzles stream lead like sleet at Passchendaele in 1917. Can't believe it. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to believe, and, and also now when you drive around the area, it's such a uh, flat, beautiful countryside. There's you know cows and people and farmers everywhere, and nestled right up against you know their farms and their fields, there's small Commonwealth War Graves cemeteries and and little town cemeteries everywhere, which are just full of headstones, and it, it, it is a sort of a shock. I think for most people who come here for the first time to see in, in uh, Belgium and in northern France such a beautiful countryside and, and it's hard to imagine how it could just be such a muddy morass back then, you know, 100 years ago. Uh, Colonel Scott, where are you from in Australia? Where are you based? Um, I've I come out of Canberra to this job here. I, I work uh, as a, I work full-time in, in the, on the Western Front as, a, as the Defence Forces um, Commemorations Attaché. Mm. Originally, I hail from Perth, however. So there'll be a lot of people there on on Tuesday. Did you say, Colonel? Yeah, we, um, Mackie, yeah, we expect about a thousand people um, to to attend the ceremony, um, and and the vast majority of those are Australians who've travelled, and 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 uh, not surprisingly, I think most of them all have got links in some way to the Battle of Polygon Wood, or more broadly, the, um, the Third Battle of Ypres, the Battle of Passchendaele. So um, the, the the dawn service is going to be something special. Um, it's, a, it's in Butts New British Cemetery, which has the 5th Division Memorial there, plus uh, a New Zealand Memorial to the missing. And then we've got a cemetery with um, over 600 Australians buried in there as well. And leading up to the uh, cemetery, there's the Polygon Wood, not, not the original one, but um, the, the replanted one after, after the war. And uh, through that wood, um, as a lead into attending the dawn service, there's a special um, reflective trail that's been put in place along the, the track leading up. So for about a kilometre, the people attending the ceremony will have a very sort of moving experience where they can get into the, the mindset of what's happening and the special lighting and sound effects and some um, reenacting um, and some some other tableaus being built in into that track as they move up and into the cemetery before before the dawn service. So it's going to be a very, um, I think, a very moving and a fitting event to, to commemorate the, uh, the centenary. Uh, great to talk to you, uh, Scott, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck with that. Um, and I suppose next year was the end of the war, so there'll be more, ADF will be involved in more things there, I suppose, in 18, won't they? Uh, yeah, the, for the national commemorations, which are uh, you know, sponsored by the Australian government, next year, the Anzac Day will be very special here because um, Anzac Day Villas Bretton is not only, uh, it'll be the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Villas Bretton, well, we have the uh, Memorial to the Western Front, so the Australian National Memorial. So that'll be a very uh, big event. And also tied to that will be the opening of the new Sir John Monash Interpretive Centre, which is actually at Villas Britner as well. So that's in Anzac Day next year. And then there's a special commemorative service on the 4th of July at uh, La Hamel for uh, Monash's battle there at La Hamel, which is just sort of the start of the last 100 days where the um, Allies really pushed the Germans back and, 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 and got the victory in World War One. And I suppose, to, just sorry, to, just to finish there, there's also um, later, uh, next month on the 31st of October, there's a national commemoration at uh, Beersheba in Israel as well, which is actually um, full with people trying to attend. It's, um, so it's had a great response there for the charge of the light horse here at uh, Beersheba on the 31st of October. Scott, great to talk to you. Thank you.
Thanks, Maka. Good Bye-bye. on you, mate. Bye. Come and meet some of the people that I met last night on their way to the footy. This is the rugby league footy. This is the way I used to go to the football walking yeah, up the street. Yeah, I've done this a few times and I've, I've brought my kid Paddy here for his first go up for Vaux Street. We used, to, we used to do a pub crawl back in the back in the old days. You do a pub crawl every pub on for Vaux Street, and then go and watch your cricket or the footy or, or whatever. Now, from what you're saying, you're a local in Sydney, are you? I'm. We're from the Central Coast. Yeah. Well, how come you're Barry, the North Queensland Cowboys? Because I'm actually a North Sydney Bears fan, and uh, so until they come back, North Queensland are my adopted team. Because there's a lot of Norths in North Queensland. <laughs> Play spectacular football. When I first started lose, watching them, they lost in a spectacular way. But then they had some of the, the most brilliant footballers in Matty Bowen and Thurston and those guys, and they got me in. Yeah, it's the north in North Queensland, eh? Exactly right. Well, exactly. there'll be a lot of Queenslanders who are very proud of you, mate. What's your name? Matt. Matt. Yeah, Matt, Matt Hingley. Yeah, uh, this is Patrick. Paddy. How you going, Paddy? Good, thanks. How are you? Paddy's all done out, ladies and gentlemen, in his North Queensland gear, and he's looking resplendent. So uh, how do you reckon you'll go? Uh, well, we've been playing really tough, been very proud of the boys. If, if the Roosters bring their eights... A game tonight, they're going to be hard to knock off, but you know, I think we might be able to hang in there and tough it out in the end. It's Matt, isn't it? Yeah, Matt, I'd like to say hello to all my mates in the tourism industry in Cairns. And how do you know them, Matty? I worked in the tourism industry for a number of years uh, and I represented a lot of the great companies up there in Cairns, uh, Ronnie Livingston and Mike Healy and all the boys. boys. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure they'll all be here in spirit tonight. And Matty, what do you do down here in the big smoke? Mate, uh, I'm a political lobbyist. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Well, do all you can tonight, and great to, t- great to meet you, Matty, and, you, and you good luck. Maca. I'll be listening in tomorrow as I do every weekend. Good on you, mate. See Thank you, mate. you. Bye. Your name is? Prakash. How are you, Prakash? Good, very good. Very nervous, actually. Well, as you should be. Yes. For a big one. Very much so. So, Prakash, how did you... You're from India originally? Sri Lanka originally, but yeah. born in Australia, my brother and I. We've been supporting the Roosters for about 20 years. Yeah, good to see him in another preliminary final. Awesome. Thank you very much. See ya. Thanks, Prakash. Ride them, cowboy! Come on! What's your name? My name's Tony. And? Roz. And you're from? I'm originally from Townsville. Oh, you live I'm in a it. Townsville girl. I live on the central coast. This is Roz. She's from Yapoon. Yapoon, near Rockhampton. And we're here to see the Cowboys win. I... We screamed them in at the Cronulla game, and we're going to scream them across the line in this game. My sister sent this all the way from Townsville. We've got the big finger. We're going to give them the big finger. No, that's the wrong one. Use the other finger. Oh, no, we're polite. <laughs> we're, we're Townsville girls. We're very yeah, polite. Yeah. Come on. Townsville girl. We're going to win. Well, good luck. Good, good luck. luck. Yeah. Thank you. Who are you? Go the mighty. I'm Macca. Oh, Macca. Oh, Macca on a Sunday. No, we need a photo. Oh, no. Oh, we need a photo. Are you really? Yeah, no, I'm pretending. I still listen to you on a Sunday morning. You listen to the Sunday morning? On the Central Coast. Good on you. from anywhere. Good on you. All over the world they listen to you. It's me with the gals, guys. Hey, yee-hoo. Yee-haw. Ride a Macca. Woo-hoo. Thank you very much. And you know what? We're going to win. We're going to win. Yeah. Good luck. See ya. More cowboy supporters in alien territory. Your name is? Ben. Ben and? Nick. Originally from Emerald, but I've been living here for about 12 years. Doing? Working on the waterfront. And what about you? It's Mick. Uh, yeah, grew up in Townsville. Uh, moved down here about 15 years ago. Yeah, just doing a bit of engineering work, telecommunications. And this will be an epiphany tonight. It will. <laughs> I'm, I'm quietly confident. And how's living and working in uh, Sydney? It's expensive. <laughs> and how's things on the waterfront? Not good. What do you do, Mick? 
Oh, telecommunications. Oh, yeah. Right. So uh, well, that's the business to be in, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's getting a bit um, hectic now, but there's plenty of work out there with the big guns. So yeah. Optus, Vodafone, Telstra. We're not giving you much, are we? Good luck. <laughs> All right. Good Thank on you, man. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Kim's on Cable Beach. Morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you, Maka? I'm good. What are you doing on Cable Beach? Oh, I'm walking. It's a magnificent morning. Yes. And it's a very high, uh, low tide at the moment, but it's been high. It looks like it's been properly. Every, every morning's a magnificent morning on Cable Beach, I'd say. I know, and it never rains here. <laughs> and it's always like in the 30s. <laughs> Seems like it anyway. Well, what's your story, Kim? Um, well, I live normally in Mullaney on the Sunshine Coast. And um, I retired from Queensland Health. I've been a nurse for 41 years. And um, our recruitment agency said to me, would you like to go to Halls Creek? And I said, hmm, and well, bit, no, maybe not. Would you like to go to Broome? Yes, I would. So I work at the hospital in Broome. Um, so it's just fantastic. I came for six months and now I've been here for nine and extending because I just love the Kimberley. So... Well, yes, it's a different. It's uh, it's broom time, isn't it, Kim? It's broom time. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. <laughs> and you don't have daylight saving there, so life just goes on and at a at a great pace, which I think uh, many of us would uh, just hunger for, because um, really, when you think about it, that's what life should be about. Yeah, well, it is. It's been a fantastic place for an adventure, and um, you know, obviously, there's lots of complexities with health in this area. Um, and it's a huge area. It's the largest health service uh, area in Australia and has some of the most remote communities. And uh, But, it, yeah, it's been a great learning for me. Well, Kim, uh, I can just imagine you paddling your toes in the, uh, in the water. I know, I know. I've got my bikinis on and joggers. That's it cause <laughs> at the moment. And isn't, com- isn't communication just wonderful? I just sit here and think, and here you are on Cable Beach wandering along talking to me and then... A minute ago, I was talking to um, Colonel Scott Klingen in uh, in Ipe in uh, yeah. in Belgium, and just yeah. David on the Hume, and yeah, yeah. It's just it's... well, my, and you know, um, my dad passed away this year in February, and um, he used to listen to you religiously every morning. Good on you. So uh, it's just nice to kind of think of him and say hi to you. Good on you, Kim. Great to talk. <laughs> we'll see you sometime. All right. Bye. See you. Bye. As Robin here, we're in a motor glider. Uh, we're about 29 nautical miles uh, out of Burketown, just left to Dells Grove. Uh, just want to tell you, we had a beautiful run uh, yesterday on the morning glory come through. Uh, we're 60 nautical miles to the west of uh, uh, Town uh, with the engine off, almost hit the Northern Territory border and uh, turned around and uh, come back to Burketown with the engine off. Uh, it was a uh, fabulous morning glory uh, yesterday, the best one I've ever seen. So uh, uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, it was super. So tell but, me, Robert, you're in a glider now, is that right? Yeah, we're tracking from Adele's Grove to uh, Burketown and then on to Swears Island. And, uh, and what's your altitude? Uh, reading uh, 3-1 at the moment, uh, 3,100 feet uh, with 28.4 nautical miles to go to Burketown. And, uh, now is that a scary thing to get on the morning glory? You get a big uplift with that, and all is that the is that the deal? Oh, look, it's like surfboard riding. Just that we've got wings on instead of a surfboard. Uh-huh. Um, 
and uh, we just we just run along it. Uh, we were sitting uh, between sort of 50 to 90 knots uh, along the uh, uh, surfing it, and uh, as the front one broke down, we jumped back onto the secondary one, and uh, we had about half a dozen gliders uh, operating on it yesterday, and it was one of the best morning glories uh, ever seen. And uh, Burktown was in. Uh, fog, uh, some of the gliders couldn't get out of Burktown because of the fog until the uh, glory went over the top of them. This morning glory travels at about 30 kilometres an hour uh, in a sort of a southerly south, southwesterly direction. Uh, there was one this morning but uh, it was very uh, broken up. So uh, so this uh, happens every morning for how long, Robert? Oh no. Uh, or just you, one morning? Uh, just only uh, every now and then, uh, it's unpredictable. Uh, the only way I can predict it is uh, in the evening when you've got water running down your beer, uh, there's a morning glory on the next morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> so uh, if you've got moisture, a lot of moisture in the air, uh, that that uh, sends the uh, the clouds off. And uh, well, you better tell bit... that you better tell that to the bureau because they'll put that down in there, you know, on their on their spreadsheets. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've uh, absolutely had a ball uh, yesterday, and uh, we've got some good shots. And uh, well, send us uh, a few. Can you send us a few shots? Yeah, we can. Uh, we can do that. And uh, why? Gonna... Why did you say it's, it was one of the best morning glories? What's the What's the definition of a great morning glory? Is because it looks great, or it it feels great, or what? In a glider, uh, it looked like just a big mountain of snow. Uh, the uh, The cloud itself it was about probably two thousand foot thick, and uh, we were operating from, gee, we got down to 1,000 foot there at one stage with the engine off and just worked up to about 4,500 foot. So, uh, and we were on it for about three hours yesterday. And uh, as I said, we almost got to the Northern Territory border. Uh, so it's, and, and it's still, we're still going uh, then when we turned around. So, uh, uh, no, we've had a ball. So, uh, one of the best, best times. I've, I've Where are you from, hunting. Robert? Uh, from Camden, uh, down in Sydney, and uh, I got my son with me. It was his birthday yesterday, so it was the best birthday he ever got. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, I just want to let you know, and uh, uh, we're having a ball. There's a few, fair few gliders up there? Uh, we've got at least half a dozen uh, gliders, some at Burktown. Uh, we're, we were staying over Corumba. We're going to stay over Corumba tonight. Uh, we're just going to drop into uh, Swears Island to... Uh, have a cup of coffee with them and tell them do. about the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, um, you people. Oh, yeah, we're just going just gonna to drop into Swears to have a coffee yeah. because, because we're, the, we're the ultimate coffee snobs here in Australia. Yeah. And then you'll fly away from Swears. You know you can't get a, you can't get a decaf uh, um, you know, latte in, um, in uh, Swears yeah, or something uh, like that. Uh, yeah. No, you got it. Yeah, you got it. No, you've got to go to Crumble for that one. But, uh, <laughs> Robert, tell me but, this. Um, yeah. Um, there was a terrible uh, gliding accident the other day, and, and I know nothing about anything. But, I, I, I see, I didn't think, um, I assume gliders can stall, but I, I thought gliding was a pretty safe sort of uh, uh, pastime. Yeah, look, it is. It's, it's very safe. I've been uh, flying for nearly over 30 years. Uh, and... Uh, you know, uh, we all have motor car accidents as well, uh, and uh, until they find out exactly what uh, what actually happened, uh, uh, God knows. So uh, sometimes I don't believe the media until 
you get the actual facts. And so, you and uh, you've yeah. got a glider with an engine in it, is that right? Yeah, I've got a glider with an engine. We're sitting on 90 knots or 85 knots at the moment, uh, heading towards Burketown. Uh, still about 23 nautical out. We've got a bit of a headwind uh, component. And uh, so, uh, look, it's quite safe. i got my son with me. He flies. And uh, I had another glider uh, uh, with us. He's just taken off and gone back to, uh, left to go back to Sydney. He had some things to do, but we've got a few more days up here. And we've got some bike guys from uh, Byron Bay. Uh, we've got another guy in a big plane uh, from Western Australia. Um, so they they come from all all areas, but uh, sometimes I've been up here for two or three weeks and got nothing, and uh, and then uh, yesterday it uh, performed for us, and uh, it was wonderful. We just just sat there for three hours flying on it, and then uh, popped off the glory and uh, dropped into uh, Dell's grave, had a nice coffee, yes, stayed, a, stayed yeah, overnight. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right, <laughs> Robert. All right. Yeah. I know, I, 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 I love you. Oh, I love your show. It's, uh, thank you. Uh, well, to all the all the people out there, you're very well known, and uh, uh, they're all running around Australia enjoying it. All the nomads we see there at uh, Dell's Grave today, and uh, enjoying life to the hilt. So uh, God Rob, bless them. Yeah, in Burketown, we were in Burketown. Oh, I don't know when with with Dick Smith, and uh, it wasn't morning glory, glory time, but uh, yeah, I love Burketown. It was a lovely time. Lovely time. So you remind us all of that, Robert, and I know a lot of uh, Australians have been in Burketown and uh, we'll never we'll never sail the morning glory, but, um, yeah, you, at least you sort of took us there. Send us a few photos, Robert. You've got our, uh, our number. Send them to kelly.lee, kelly, yeah, kelly.lee, and send us a few and we'll put them up. I'll get me some to uh, send it to it. Uh, they've got a morning glory festival on this weekend, actually, in Burketown. So, uh, oh, we, should so be, we should all yeah. be there. <laughs> we should all be there. And this yeah, evening... Look. This evening would be great. We could have a party. You're like me, Becky. You need another life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one, Bobby. Good on you. All right. All right. Catch you, Macca. See ya. Bye. Bye. G'day. This is Macca. G'day, Macca. This is Stephanie from Portland. How are you? Good. Thanks, Stephanie. Uh, I'm listening to you commenting about the drought in the rest of Australia. They can have some of Portland's rain. Really? I'm in far southwest Victoria. Yep. We've had it rain almost all winter, and it's so wet that the septic is filling from groundwater. Wow. We have to constantly pump it out. So that's Australia for you, isn't it? Uh, it's the land of drought, droughts and flooding rains. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I couldn't agree with your last caller anymore about the Hume Highway. I drive up and back to Sydney, and it's you know, the wombats are crazy. And so many of our highways have decent fences, not the slice your head off wild, uh, wire strings. Um why do we put animal fences along the Hume? It's not. It's bad. Yeah, it, it is mad, Stephanie. So, yeah. Stephanie, what are you? Uh, what are you driving up and down? And what do you do? Oh, um, I've got friends and family in Sydney, and I live in Victoria, and they won't come to me, so I have to go to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I suppose for people who are listening this morning who are in droughted parts of New South Wales or Queensland. Yeah. Um, it just sounds wonderful because there's nothing nicer than a drop of rain, Stephanie, but I suppose, oh, yeah. you know, if it's been raining all winter, you can, uh, yeah. It's... <laughs> it's a bit squishy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fences are loving it because they can drill holes easily. Yeah. <laughs> but no one else does. Ex- exactly. And yeah. where, where, are you on, on the land, Stephanie, or are you living in, in Portland? I'm just acreage. 
yeah. just out of town, but we have a business in town, a beautiful heritage B&B. Uh-huh. And it's a gorgeous town. You should come and visit us. I've been, I think I've been to Portland. Yeah, um, it's a working port, but it's really pretty. Yes, I'll say. And, and it's the whale-watching capital of Victoria, so it's, it's lovely. Yeah, and, and, it's, it's ha- and for your last caller, it's halfway to Adelaide via the coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think he's going the other way. He's not going on. Yeah, he's going inland. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shotgunning it, yeah. So you had a cold winter, Stephanie? Um, yeah, rather cold, rather windy, and rather wet. So yeah, I'm looking forward to spring actually getting here. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's uh, where I live. It's been really, really warm. Uh, yeah. So you know, it'll just well, that's spring, isn't it? That's spring. Yeah. yeah. But it'd be well, not... it's been it's been warm where I came from up north in mid north coast of New South Wales, and I sometimes just scratch my head and say, "What am I doing down here?" <laughs> but uh, that's well, love. Uh, yeah, well, it's 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 just lovely. I mean, it's nice to live in different places in Australia. It it's a it's, it's great. It's a great country and oh, ev- everything. So much beauty. Yes, yeah. I'll say, and and uh, I'll be down your way sooner rather than later, Stephanie. And, and love to, love to catch up sometime. Be great and love your show. Always have. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Stephanie. Bye. Bye. Jason's in Pawong. Uh, good morning, Jace. Good morning, Maka. How are you? Good, thank you. That's great. I'm the music teacher at Puon Consolidated School. Oh, right. Benny rang last week. That's right, he did. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to ring in this morning, but I thought I'd just give you a call and let you know how it went. How did it go? Oh, it was fantastic, Maka. It was really good. Um, ben, ben was a real star. And I've got to say, thank you very much for giving him the um, courage to actually go out and interview some people in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> last week... Last week he said, oh, if it gets a little bit boring, just go out and interview some people. So he, I was I was behind a curtain. He turned around and he whispered to me, oh, is it all right if I go and interview some people? And he went out and it was just amazing. Oh, really great. isn't that great? Well, see, that's that's the whole thing. See, a lot of a lot of entertainers won't get off the stage. They'll stay on the stage because that's their little – and as soon as they get off the stage – but. Yeah, after a little while, you get you get yeah, courage up, and Benny did it. So that's great, Jase. So uh, if, yeah. if we'd like to, if you got any photos or anything like that, because um, this happened uh, another like uh, or oh, ten, fifteen years ago, a bloke did a, a little play about the program, and but okay. they had about ten mackers. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> there was ten <laughs> of them, but but um, uh, it was uh, yeah, and they sent us some photos. So if you got some photos, Jase, send them. We'll put them on our Facebook site and let people know. Uh, but. Um, good on you, Jace. I mean, no I think it a, and and went over well. Uh, it was really great. We had uh, about fifty people on the matinee, but we had standing room only in the in the evening one. So it was fantastic. If really you, good. If you put it on again uh, between now and the end of the year, because it was such short notice. I mean, it was on the day after. I couldn't sort of get there. But if you put no. it on again between now and the end of the year, I know it's probably a big big ask. But if you do, I'll be there. Okay. Absolutely, that'd be great. All right, we'll think about that. Good on you, Jace. Nice to talk Thanks. to you. You too. Cheers. Good on you. Bye.